the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get with it. It's Friday. I know I'm glad that it's Friday. Probably you are, too. Uh, We're going to, most of us, see a three-day weekend now. So when we finish up today, we can get ready for the 4th of July uh, weekend and all that's going to be going on. Like I told you yesterday, you know, John Adams, one of our founding fathers, person that helped uh, Jefferson write the Declaration of Independence, said that on this day... The 4th of July, what you should be doing is getting together and having shows and speeches and music and fireworks, or as he called them, illuminations, and uh, all the other things that we do every 4th of July here in our country. So go out and have a good time, you know, celebrate. But when you're celebrating, remember what you're celebrating for, and uh, you live on the most uh, free country on earth, uh, best country as far as I'm concerned on earth. I believe in American exceptionalism. And, um, you know, we can do some things to make things freer again, but uh, we'll see how that goes after the election that's coming up uh, in Nova- uh, November. Uh, just for your your uh, information, I know that Chris is waiting to get on, and we're going to get him on in just a moment. And Robert will be calling in as well today. Let's look at where you can go and see fireworks uh, over the weekend. In Conway, uh, they're going to be having uh, their big kind of party. You can celebrate the 4th of July with the community in Conway at the Freedom Fest. Uh, You get to enjoy live music, food trucks, fun, and, of course, fireworks uh, when the dark uh, time comes around, and that's going to be at 9.15. That's when they're going to—they're saying the fireworks will start around the 9.15 time frame. Uh, The boating ramp is going to close up at 4 p.m. Be aware it's dog-friendly. Leashes are required, and uh, be respectful of other attendees that are there. Uh, and uh, no tobacco products, vaping, or alcohol is allowed in the park. So leave that all home. Don't take it with you. Out in Hot Springs, let's see, the annual Independence Day fireworks uh, is a free public 4th of July fireworks display on Lake Hamilton. It's going to be held on Sunday on the 3rd of July at 9 p.m. Uh, the... Um, Fireworks are going to be synced with music on uh, 97.5 FM. 
so you can watch uh, you can watch the fireworks uh, from around the lake. In case of rain, the fireworks will be rescheduled for Monday, uh, July the fourth. Uh, The fireworks are going to be shot from the middle of Lake Hamilton from barges located on the east side of Highway 7 at the first Highway 7 bridge opposite the Doubletree Hot Springs. The exact start time, they're saying around 9, is dependent on weather conditions. The Independence Day fireworks will be the second of three fireworks displays. And um, they said, you know... This is all sponsored by uh, Hot Springs. Keep that in mind as uh, as well. Here in Little Rock, of course, that's going to be the Pops on the River. Uh, that's the largest Fourth of July celebration in the state. Uh, if you're going to go to that, let me tell you to get there early to find a good place to sit. And know that when you leave, it's going to take time to get out of downtown. Because it takes... There's a lot of people who go down by the the river to watch all of this. Uh, Fireworks, food, shopping. Uh, They're going to have Marketplace. Lost uh, 40 beer, music, and a whole lot more. The event is free to the public at First Security Amphitheater on Monday. Uh, They'll start the celebration at 3 p.m. and uh, cap it off by 11 o'clock that evening. Uh, we're going to have music from Rodney Block Collective, Nikki Parrish, and, of course, the ASO will perform as we get ready for the uh, the fireworks and things that that nature. The event is free at the Arkansas Museum Monday, July 4th from 10 a.m. to noon. That is the old-fashioned fun at the Frontier 4th of July. You won't want to miss that. Maumel, quickly, the uh, parade begins at 430 along Maxwood Circle and Club Manor Drive, followed by a festival and fireworks show uh, for that figure about 9 o'clock in the evening, I would think, for most of these uh, fireworks. Out in Cabot, last one that I'll give to you here. In Cabot, it's going to be Monday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. You want to go out to the new uh, aquatic park, uh, they get special tickets into the water park. If you want to go into the water park, they're five bucks to get in. There'll be uh, foam parties, free printing, face printing, uh, balloon animals, live music, food trucks, and inflatables there for you. And look for the fireworks at nine fifteen. They're saying it, it's going to be a big display this year. Going to go for about twenty minutes for that. So there you go. Do what the Founding Father said. Get out and watch the illuminations in the sky. Remember what happened uh, in, in this country back in seven, uh, you know, when we uh, signed the Declaration of Independence. All right. With that said, Chris, Chris Corbett is with us. Hello, Chris. Are you going out to watch the fireworks? Absolutely. You had a great um, announcement there. I'll be in Fairfield Bay. They got their fireworks show on Grizz Ferry Lake going on Saturday night. Oh, okay. They're doing their Saturday the 2nd, huh? Yeah, it's going to be on Saturday night. That's and, kind um, of interesting. I thought, yeah, I, know, I thought maybe it was going to be something. Normally, you know, be Sunday night. I'm, I'm trying to verify it's going to be Saturday night. Okay. Well, if you're and, up uh, there, just, got, just eat another hot dog. Oh, man. I'm going to be eating <laughs> barbecue. I'm eating brisket, some uh, baby back ribs. 
Ooh. Beans, Ooh. Uh, coleslaw, Beans. potato salad with mayonnaise, not mustard. I'm just telling and you, baby back ribs, Coors that's Light. good stuff. Coors Light. Coors yeah. Light, of course, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, you, you, you have a good time. I'll probably go over to the the water park here in, in uh, over in Cabot. That's down the road from me, a few miles, nice. and go watch the fireworks at 915 and just know that it's going to take me an hour to get out of there to go home, so... But they're oh, having yeah, their they're, they're having theirs on Monday, on the Fourth of July, the the real day, you know. Oh, they're gonna have it. Okay, that's right. All right. Yeah, because well, you know, I heard you quoting John Adams when you started up, and yep. John Adams is fantastic. I when I lost the election and for state district fifty five, one of his quotes hit me right in the face. He said, "Defeat appears to me preferable to total inaction." I was like, "Ooh." Well, that's like true. That. You know, if you're not if you're not working and doing something, then you're going backwards. I mean, that's the way it works. If you're not moving forward, you're going backwards. Or the people who yeah, are back you. of you are catching up. Yeah, I got to tell you this though, Dave. Losing sucks. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've known that for a long time. Have you just figured that out? Well, I'm so competitive. My buddies, I got one buddy that whips me in ping pong every time. I beat him. I beat him a couple years ago. Yeah, and I haven't played it. I haven't played him since. <laughs> and I, I, I dig him. I dig him every time. I was like, hey, last time we played ping pong, I beat you, didn't I? <laughs> and he says, when do I get my rematch? Yeah, and that's yeah. what he wants to know. Every I'll day, show you. Every time. <laughs> Going to beat you like a bad drum next time I see you, brother. That's right. That's, that's the way right. it works. All right. So anyway, yeah, I, I have to say that. Uh, uh, you know, people should get out, whether it's on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Get out and celebrate. Oh, yeah. Celebrate the 4th celebrate of July. America. Man, you're, yeah. it's, it is the greatest nation on earth. And I, I say that I say that with a whole lot of pride as far as I'm concerned. I hope people feel that way as well. Although, oh, I, yeah. I, did you see that poll lately that talked about how many Americans felt were not excited about america anymore and i can kind of understand it a little bit because of a lot of the stuff that's been going on and uh, rights being taken away from us and things of that nature and by the way that right that i'm talking about being taken away from us has nothing to do with abortion that was a great decision on last friday but yeah it's just it's amazing to me it really is that you know people don't love this country i believe the way they should and i i also believe that a lot of the people who feel that the country uh they don't love it they never served you serve it you you go out and serve be part of the air force army navy marines coast guard whatever where you you know national guard or whatever there's a special place in your heart for this country there really is. Well, Dave, we've taken the Pledge of Allegiance out of K through 12 every morning. When I got, when I went to school, first grade, all the way back as I can remember, I think we stood up and you said the Pledge of Allegiance. When did they take the Pledge of Allegiance out of elementary school? <clears throat> and then on top of that, my son wants to join the military, and I'm all for it. I joined the military. I served my country. I took the oath to defend the Constitution uh, from enemies, foreign and domestic. That's correct. Right? You know, um, I think we may ought to, let's, go, let's bring it back home. Let's make everybody go serve a year or two in the military when they get out of high school. Why not? 
Well, what, what branch does he, he want to go? What it. branch does he want to go into? Ooh, he wants to be. He wants to. Oh, he's getting serious, Dave. He wants to do special forces. He wants to get oh, involved. He's, he wants he's to, wanting to go into the army, then, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He wants to so, go out to brag and get taught. Absolutely, he really does. Okay. So, when I yep. was in when I was in the Air Force, I did a, a show called uh, Air Force Weekly for radio, and then oh, I nice. did a, a show called Air Force Now, which was a a video that was shown at commanders calls, and that's a monthly thing. And one of the things that we did is a lot of people don't know that the Air Force has their own special forces as well. Those guys go in and they paint the buildings and all that stuff for the laser guided rockets and bombs that we drop and things and uh they go in and and fight the bad guys behind the the forward lines and uh, i went and did uh jump school with them at bragg and that was a lot of fun it was a good time well first time i they've got the the ac-130 gunship the ac-130 gunship oh yeah puff that that dude is bad puff Puff the magic dragon that's what it is puff Puff the magic dragon baby i haven't heard that i haven't heard that name in years yeah (laughs) they still have them you need to tell your audience why they call it that because it lights the sky up yeah it does light the sky up it can put a 30 caliber bullet in every square inch in the size of a football field yes yes they that get, that gets me excited that thing <laughs> will knock your socks off man yeah that, it circles it's circling around it's lumbering around like a big giant up there well when it and, and when it comes in back in in nam they picked up uh the uh Night on Bald Mountain, you know, dun da da dun dun dun. Yeah, that oh, music, man. and they oh, yeah. they would hang speakers uh, from the C one thirty, and they Are would pl- they would play that very very loud so the enemy knew what was coming. No, they didn't. Yeah, it's it's that's, that's called fantastic. that's called psyops, brother. Oh you know, man! All our people got out of there, and we left the enemy. They'd say, "Where did where where the bat where the guys go that we're fighting?" And all of a sudden, they hear, dun, 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 dun. oh, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Finished. Finished. Puff the Magic Dragon Puff. <laughs> I mean, you can go on, you know, now with the Internet, you can go on and, and see videos of that. People should do it and watch it. It's amazing to be inside uh, the plane when they're firing those machine guns. And all it is is just brass going everywhere. I forget how many rounds they fire per minute. It's an it's an insane amount, but it looks literally from a distance. It looks like just a straight stream of fire coming from the sky. Oh yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, you know, it it, it, it's, it's, it looks like a dragon spurting flame. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. Puff the magic dragon, and it wasn't. Let me tell you what. If I was on the other side, the last place I want to be is under that plane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get away from it. You're just not going to get away from it. Tears everything up. It really does. All right. Chris Corbett is here. Now, Rob uh, is going to be with us, Steinbach, but he was at the Pulaski County Republican Party meeting last night, and I understand that it went until 2 o'clock in the morning. 
last night. He was running with the big dog. He should have stayed on the porch, man. Where's he at? <laughs> he was running with the big dogs last night. Well, I got a late I got a late uh, text from him saying I'll be a little late calling in this morning. So that's that's oh, going to yeah. happen. Uh, we've got the guys today, uh, Chris and Robert, with us for the whole show. Because everybody, nobody else could make it other than me today, and these two guys. So, but we got a lot to talk about. This has been one of the most consequential uh, Supreme Court uh, times in in the history that I remember. The uh, the Supreme Court. I mean, you know, decision after decision after decision, and two two more big ones yesterday. And we're going to talk about all of it, Chris. And because for you. Being a lawyer, it's stuff that's going to going to affect it's you. It's huge, Rob. It's huge, Dave. I think we're getting back to biblical values. We're getting back to absolute values. Yeah. That's what this country needs. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right, yeah. let's get a quick break in, uh, Chris, and I'll be back, and we'll talk some more. Sounds it's 22 good. minutes after 6. It, we're, we're sitting on the pre-eclipse of... Uh, you know, the 4th of July, if you're not excited, what's wrong with you? You should be excited. This is time of year I really get excited. I love 4th of July. My dog doesn't. My dog hates the 4th of July. Uh, he will uh, firmly attach himself to my or my wife's hip all night long, probably Saturday, Sunday, and Monday when the fireworks oh, are going off. Yeah, he hears the he hears the explosions. Yeah, he hates them. He hears them. Yeah, he Man, he hears hates them. Yep. He hides. I know it. He, yep. he, he tries to dig through the carpet <laughs> and stuff. All right, yeah, don't, I know what you mean. Yeah, don't forget about Billy Mack. Billy Mack uh, wants to know that ICU protection is is uh, in love with this country as well, and they want you to have a home or a business that's protected, and they can take care of that for you. Uh, one of their people will come out to your home or your business and uh, hear what you would like for your protection. How many cameras do you want? Because they can put the cameras up. They got the 10, 1080p cameras that are clear as a bell. Uh, they can do door and window sensors. If you want the doorbell camera, they can do that. They can do motion detection. They can do all of it. In fact, they do it so well that Nuke One uses them to supply their security uh, at their site as well. So can't beat that. I mean, look, I don't have a nuclear reactor in my, my living room. All right. Bottom line, they can definitely protect your home. I've got it in my house. I highly recommend it to you. You just give them a call, 501-205-1333. That's 501-205-1333. And uh, always remember, you pay for the service, but you don't have to pay for any of that hardware that they're going to put on your home or your business. That's the way they do it. That's the way they roll at ICU Protection. Talk to Billy Mac today. Back with you, Chris Corbett is with us. He's in Conway today on the phone. Uh, Robert Steinbach, law professor over at Bowen School of Law, will be with us a little later on in the program as we get into the discussion about all of these Supreme Court decisions that have been made. And there have been a plethora of them, and uh, it has covered everything for, from how you can spend money on kids that are in uh, school, in elementary school and in high school, to uh, all the way to yesterday of curtailing the powers of the EPA, which has been a long time in coming, to say the least. 
Yo, let me ask you this, uh, Chris, because this is something I argue about on the air. It amazes me that we have a Congress, and they are elected, um, you know, from every two years over on the House side, every four, uh, six years over on the Senate side, and they abrogate their uh, their responsibilities. They're supposed to be voting on laws that are being imposed uh, on us. And for a long time now, since about the 80s, when the EPA has weighed in on anything, uh, they just say, what do you guys want to do? Oh, you got all these rules that you want to pass and you want to be you know, put upon the American people? Well, okay, that's fine. They don't vote about it. They just defer to the uh, the EPA, and that's going to have to change now because the Supreme Court uh, made the statement that now uh, the EPA can't do anything, can't pass any law. It has to be passed by the Congress. And, you know, the Congress was not passing these laws because then they didn't have to go down on a vote. They didn't have to put down how they voted and how they were curtailing people's freedoms and things of that nature. But now they're going to have to. And uh, that's going to make it very interesting uh, to see how all of this Green New Deal stuff works. I mean, ALC went apoplectic. So did Warren. So did Schumer. And about how we were going to destroy the atmosphere. Now, Warren said that, uh, oh, no, take that back. Kagan said uh, with that decision by the Supreme Court, uh, the north, the east coast was going to be underwater here in another couple of years. We'll talk about it when we get back from the news. All right. Now, if you happen to be traveling over the 4th of July uh, here in uh, the central Arkansas area and, uh, you know, bad thing happens, you know, car breaks down. What do you do? Well, what you need to do is call East End Towing if you need to get off the highway. All you got to do is uh, ring them up at 501 888 8849 and it doesn't matter the situation that uh, you're in they know how to deal with everything i mean if you broke down on private property they know what the rules are and laws are about that they know what to do with your vehicle uh you know you'll know who to call after i get done talking to you here where is the car going and what happens to your car or how about if you're you know with it being the fourth of july Uh, Maybe you're one of the people I see in my subdivision that goes past on Highway 5 northbound up there to, uh, you know, Greer's Ferry. And uh, you want to get up there and and be able to, you know, enjoy a little bit of time with the water. Uh, Maybe you're towing your boat. What happens if you're towing your boat and your car breaks down? What happens if your trailer breaks down? All right. Uh, And maybe you're driving a truck or maybe you have a camper. All of those different things can facilitate different things that have to do. The people at uh, Easton Towing know how to handle them. Call them. Call the professionals, 501-888-8849. That is East End Towing. And we uh, do appreciate them being a supporter of uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Chris Corbett is online with us. He is online by telephone from Conway. He may have went to sleep during the break there. I don't know. He he was out running with <laughs> the big to, dogs. Yeah. Um, 
Well, you brought up right before the break about the uh, the Supreme Court ruling on the EPA. That's a huge and, uh, ruling, man. That is a monster yeah. ruling. Well, here's the deal, and here's what your audience needs to your audience needs to know about this, Dave. So, they've got this squirrely uh, uh, act, this squirrely law called the Administrative Procedures Act. Okay, APA that resides. Um, in the executive branch, it gives the power to the executive branch. And let me quote. This is the state version, the Arkansas Administrative Procedures Act. The law governing procedures for state administrative agencies to propose and issue regulations. And it provides for judicial review of agency adjudications. So here's the deal. When they say it provides for judicial review... They're, they're talking out of two sides of their mouth because what it allows you to, the, the executive branch to do is to propose and issue regulations. These are laws. These are rules, right? Right. That's not how you pass a law. No. The law should be passed in the legislative branch. Now, let me stop you just for a second because you read yeah. that, and I caught it immediately. It yeah. mentioned the executive branch and the judicial branch. Guess who was left out? The, you know, yeah. the legislative. That's exactly right, Dave. And then if you take this a little further, I fought it for 18 years. And when it first, when it first hit me in the face, I, I was dumbfounded. So if you have an issue with a rule that the EPA has created, the Arkansas Gas and uh, Gas Commission, um, you, when you want to fight these rules that are made up by bureaucrats, you go in and you have to have an administrative hearing, Okay. That administrative hearing is conducted inside the executive branch in a quasi-judicial setting. And guess who the, the administrative law judge is? The administrative law judge is some cat, some lady or dude that's right down the hall from the admin, administrative people making the rules. Right. So they see each other every day. They have coffee every day. They see each other at the, the watering fountain. They grab a donut. Hey, how's that case going? Well... You, how do you think it's going? They're going to rule in, in the front in, in favor of the administrative uh, um, people. It's going to they're going to rule in favor of the administration. Okay, now and here's the kicker. Let me just here's ask before you give us a kicker. Yeah. Does, yeah. The, does this rule that we're talking about is it the governor who makes the that, that brings up this rule? So because he's the head of the executive branch, so he's yeah. a, he's the big kahuna about this. Is that right? Well, he's well, he's the, you know, he's the executive officer of the executive branch, right? He's the top dog in the executive branch. So, he kicks it down to his underling, the the health department, the highway department, the the DHS. DHS takes your kids. You got to go have an administrative hearing before you can get to the judicial branch, right? So, um what's what's upsetting about this this procedure is you go in in their home court with an administrative law judge that rules in favor of the administration, then you get, the only way you get out of there is you appeal it to the judicial branch, right? When you appeal it to the judicial branch, it's not, it's not like it's de novo, okay? It's not like it's um, a full uh, hearing in the judicial branch. You simply um, are, you're, you're hamstrung. you got one hand behind your back because you have to prove in the judicial branch that what the executive branch did in their quasi hearing was clearly erroneous 
and supported by substantial evidence. If you can't prove those two things, it is clearly erroneous and not supported by substantial evidence, you lose. So what happens is the judicial branch, the judges that I've been in front of, they rubber stamp what the administrative agency said. They just go, yep, I, I, I see what the administrative uh, branch did here, the, the administrative hearing judge did here. Uh, check, he did fine. There's no, it wasn't clearly erroneous, and it was supported by substantial evidence, therefore they're correct. You're hamstrung. And so why this is a big deal is the Supreme Court said, Mr. and Ms. EPA, you can no longer make these rules. This is required to be done in the legislative branch by elected pro- professional, by elected um, uh, legislators, and that's what the legislative branch does. So they've usurped um, the power of the legislative branch to make a law. So the executive branch is making the laws. That's the, that's the rub. That's the problem. And when you try to go in there and fight it, you're hamstrung. So the, bo- the, bo- the bottom line, everybody mm-hmm. you're basically going to face, uh, I mean, you elect the governor, but the whole state yep. elects the governor. It doesn't get in front of your your elected legislative people. They're taken out of the whole context of making these decisions, Who and they may know exactly what you're going through because That's right. they represent you. And uh, it's as if, well, we don't care about Congress. I mean, look, uh, we don't care about the state house. You know, in the federal government, we don't care about Congress. And you know what? Congress don't care about them because they let them do all of this stuff. That way they don't have to vote on anything. Yeah, and they've got this this deal where they, the, the executive branch can go promulgate rules they got this whole procedure that makes it look legit. Oh, we're going to come up with these rules. There's a comment period. Oh, the public gets to comment on it. And then they'll tweak it based on public comment, whatever. Those administrative folks are doing it for power and to put their thumb on the American people and take it away from the legislative branch. I've heard this before. They call the president of the United States in the executive branch the chief legislator. Right. Think of that for yeah. just a moment. That's not what he is. He is the executor. Nope. He is not the legislator. That's right. He's got to carry out the laws that the legislative branch enacts. Yeah, and, and what, then, what does the legislature do? Well, since 1970s, 1970 to be exact, for the EPA passed during the Nixon administration, they uh, abrogated their own the rights that they have and said, hey, you guys take care of this. Just tell us what, what needs to be done. There you go. Yeah, and then, then you know, hey, I'm, I'm for the environment. I'm a big hunter, lifetime hunter and fisherman. I, I don't want to see the, the earth being tore up, but let's get real for just a moment, Dave. Let's say the entire United States of America went totally green. I could snap my finger right now. Boom. We're totally green. No carbon emissions. Right? We save all the whales. We save the baby seals. I, I, don't, I quit eating double cheeseburgers. Uh, How is that going to affect what India does and China does? Nothing. And all these. Exactly. Come on, man. Come on. Yep, I agree. And then and you know what? And gasoline will go to twenty five dollars a gallon. Yeah. 
Oh, by the way, by the way, all the electric car owners, I love you, but it takes 286 pounds of coal to charge up your, your, your Tesla, okay? 286 pounds of coal to charge up your Tesla for a 1,000-mile trip. That's a fact. So now let me ask this question of you. Yep. With, with this decision that the Supreme Court has made, yeah. You know, because one of the, the plaintiffs in this was uh, West Virginia, because, of course, when, uh, there you, go. you know, the, the president made the statement that we're going to have a war on coal. And we know about how that ha- that has worked. You know, the same the, the whole thing with uh, Obama and what he did uh, on coal yep. as well. We have well, I fi- mentioned it, Dave. Yeah. We have 500 years worth of coal in the state of Wyoming alone. Okay, and can meet all of our our power needs. Do you think we're going to see coal fired electrical plants coming back into vogue? I know they are over in Europe. Is it going to start happening here in this country? And will do you think it's going to be easier to do now that the Supreme Court has said to the EPA, uh, 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 you can't just willy nilly say, here's the law. You got to follow it. Man, it's a big deal, and, and that was the exact Dave. You nailed it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm skirting over what the EPA, the Supreme Court, just did. But the issue before the court was how the EPA can regulate coal-fired power plants, which is a which is um, arguably the single largest source of carbon emissions in the country. Right? If you negate, if you're negating cow farts, <laughs> yeah, right. So. But but um, Obama said all these things through the EPA, and the EPA went around hammering down uh, these regulations from the federal EPA to the state EPA. Like so, um, each state has their own state version of the Environmental Protection Agency. Here in Arkansas, it was the uh, Pollution Control and something, but now it's ADEQ, right? Arkansas Department of right. Environmental Quality. Some of the older listeners will know that was the uh, pollution of pollution and ecology. I forget the name of it, but um, um, yeah. So they come out and they. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a good example. They they came out and all the farmers had to build these berms around their their diesel powered pumps. Right. Right. So they were on a. They went. I mean, it was as a professional engineer. They needed to comply with this law promulgated by the EPA. They had to they had to do these uh, spill tank pollution prevention spill plan and engineers were knocking these farmers heads off for about three to five grand per diesel tank and i had a few buddies call me and said i need some help and i was like okay well let's see what we got to do and then i saw why the engineers were charging that much is because all of the hoops you had to jump through to make sure uh, a spoonful of diesel fuel wasn't spilled onto the ground out there next to the corn and the rice and um it was it hurt them it hurt it hurt the farmers bad well they didn't they didn't and they get hurt even worse if they were caught you know dropping that spoonful because the epa would would uh, fine them that's right that's right i mean they were they're having to pour slabs build berm walls and then when trump came into power he 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 nixed all that boom gone yeah i gotta think that probably when biden became president he nixed what Trump oh. did. 
probably brought it back, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so, what I think. But, well, listen, do me a favor. Keep your thought. Yeah. When we come back, I think this is a major, major decision. Let's talk about it mm-hmm. a little bit more when we get back here. Uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about uh, David Lucas Financial. He wants you to know that you should have precious metals uh, in your nest egg. How much? Well, it depends on how much you got. You know, how much are you protecting? That's why you need to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing so they can give you the right right information so you can make the right decision. I'll you know, and then when you get ready to make the decision of how much uh, gold or silver or platinum or whatever, titanium, whatever metal, precious metal you want to buy, you need to know how to go about finding out the legitimate price for it. Do you want the metal itself in your hand? Do you want a, you know, a certificate? How do you want to do all of this? There's a lot of questions and a lot of information you need to know. And David Lucas Financial uh, will help you with that. You give them a call at 501-222-3315, and they're going to help you learn more about buying silver and gold. That's the two metals definitely that are are bought the most. 501-222-3315. They work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust uh bottom line is you know don't let 1970s style inflation destroy your retirement call 501-222-3315 and be taught what to do investment advisory services offered through david lucas financial and arkansas registered investment advisor all right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Of course, online with us is Chris Corbett. We're talking to him about this huge uh, decision yesterday handed down by the Supreme Court. And I see Robert uh, Steinbach has joined us as well. Remember, Robert is a uh, law professor over at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the School of Law or UALR. And Robert, just to bring you up to date, Uh, We've been talking here, Chris and I have, about how important this decision was yesterday by the Supreme Court uh, as they have reined in some of the the arbitrary power that the EPA has. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, the, the court made it clear that if an agency does something that's major, and that's a terminology that they used in these opinions regarding this major doctrines issue. If the court, if, excuse me, if an administrative agency does something that is, quote, major, they better have clear instructions from Congress to do so. Now, let me stop you. you. Let me, let me stop you right there, because that is the important piece of this decision. Amen. What is Congress saying? What are the people's representatives saying? This is not just an arbitrary group of bureaucrats over here that are passing laws that the average citizen doesn't even get a vote on. That's exactly right, Dave. And that's the issue that we've had, oh, for at least 50 years. I think it's even longer, the, the development of what we call the bureaucratic state. So Congress is in part to blame for it, and then the courts are also to blame for it. So the two other uh, branches of government uh, historically have been 
to blame for this problem, meaning Congress sets up a big agency like the uh, EPA and then writes very general laws and allows explicitly, mind you, the EPA and other agencies to write their own regulations. And the law is you can write a regulation as long as it's in the broad authority that we have granted you. And then someone sues and they say, well, yes, they were given broad authority, the agency was, but they weren't given unlimited authority after all. And the courts have generally said, historically that is, with, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but nonetheless, uh, saying, well, sure, that's close enough for government work. <laughs> and here, the, uh, the court said, uh, no, no. When we came up with this notion previously of the major doctrine, uh, of the major issue doctrine, meaning if there's a major issue, it's got to be set out in that authorizing legislation or you, administrative agency, unresponsible bureaucrat, uh, can't do it. That's what the court said. Yeah, this is this is really, this is the kind of decision I've been waiting for because nothing has made me matter than for the Congress to abrogate their rights to, uh, you know, a, a, a group of bureaucrats. And the reason that they do it, at least I believe, is not that they don't have time to uh, come up and make a make a, a well uh, reasoned uh, you know law, it comes down that they don't want to vote on it because it can be used against them when they run for re-election. That's what I think it's all about. All right, we'll talk about this further, guys. We got to get our break in top of the hour. We've got some news coming uh, everybody's way. We'll bring them up today on what's going around the world, and then Robert and. And uh, Chris will be back and we'll talk more about what the Supreme Court has done during the historic time of this year on all these decisions they've handed down in the last few weeks on the Dave Ellswick Show. get it back uh, and going here on the dave ellswick show uh if you just joined us i've got uh, robert steinbach on the line with us he is of course a law professor at the bowen school of law and uh, his opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of the school or uh the university to which it's attached and i've had robert as a uh, a special guest and uh, you know the man that I go to to talk about the, the the different legal questions that we have on this show for the last 16, 17 years. Chris Corbett is also here. He's a practicing attorney out of Conway. He works uh, excessively uh, in the court system to protect your rights uh, when when they're being, uh, you know, offended by the bureaucrats. And, and, and guys, let's talk about this for a moment because we kind of left this with 
talking about what the Supreme Court did in this la- one of these last decisions, this one being about the EPA, and uh, these bureaucracies that we have built up within our our uh, our legislature and our judicial system and and whatnot. These are unelected people for the most part. Uh, that uh, have been put in charge of our rights, and they shouldn't be in charge of our rights. So I'm going to start with Chris on that. Go ahead, Chris. Let's talk about this. I'll lay it on me. I'm sorry. I was lost in the EPA decision. <laughs> let, let Rob take over. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we're basically still talking about the EPA decision, you know, because what the, what the Supreme Court said in one oh. – just in this one decision – Though it's narrow because oh, it's yeah. just one division, is is that these okay. bureau rats yeah. gotta quit being the ones that make laws? Well, let me tell you that the, the this decision enacted major new limits on EPA regulation across the economy, and it and this has not been done in, for seventy five years. So these these decisions coming out, Roe v. Wade. Uh, the coach, the football coach, praying on the field, uh, limiting the EPA. These kind of things are overturning 50 and 75 years or more worth of um, crazy stuff coming out of the executive branch. I'll tell you what, there's also this decision um, is going to cast a cloud over some proposed Security and Exchange Commission rules that require companies um, that are offering securities to the public to disclose, to di- disclose climate-related risks, right? So they, this little fingers, these little administrative bureaucrats are getting their fingers in all sorts of the economies here. And just like we talked about, Dave, if I could snap my fingers today and the whole United States of America, boom, goes green, what's China going to do? What's India going to do? Can we really affect just the United States by going totally green, clean up the climate across the world? No, we can't do that. Yeah, so. and I and I agree. And I don't believe that our founding fathers thought that what the Congress should do, and it's Congress that's done this, and you can talk about this, Robert. They're the ones that have abrogated their rights to make the decisions about laws being put upon the American people to a quasi-government uh, government, uh, agency. Well, that's all right. They, they, to be clear, and you, you have the notion exactly correct, they abrogated their responsibilities. That's right. And that's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, Congress uh, doesn't want to do their job. Uh, and so they say, oh, well, we let these unelected bureaucrats handle these issues. And that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. So here's what's happening. And I, I can hear because I hear I hear from uh, elected officials all the time. Well, I don't know everything about water safety and whatnot. Well, fine and dandy. What you should do is have the uh, experts come before your committees and teach you about them. And give you the information. And then they'll tell you, we think we should have uh, this this law passed. And maybe there's other experts that say, no, that's not true. Listen to what we got to say as well. Then it becomes the responsibility, I believe, of the elected officials to make the call. At that point, they are in that position representing the citizenry to make the call about whether that 
particular piece of legislature legislation should pass or not. Am I am I missing something here? No, that's 100 percent right. You know, when they say we're not experts, the answer is that's right. We that we have a lay legislature, lay meaning the opposite of, of expert. We have a lay legislature the same way we have lay courts. You know, if you go in to a court and for a medical malpractice case, let's, let's say just by way of example, well, that judge isn't a doctor and that jury aren't doctors or isn't made up of doctors. Yet they're the ones that determine whether or not that doctor committed medical malpractice. That's how our system works. And you might say, well, that's not good. It's better than the alternative. You got that right. Turn it over to a bunch of bureaucrats. Yeah, I, I, I just want people to know that the politicians, the way they get around, whether they believe in a particular law or not, they allow these organizations to tell them what to do. And then you come up to them and say, why is this going on? And they look at you and they go, well, I didn't have anything to do with that. That was X, Y, and Z group. Uh, out there, and that's their responsibility, and they say it, and it becomes it becomes so to to, to say Picard. Uh, and it, here it comes, you know. And here, Dave, it's even worse. Think about what happens in Arkansas, and we just saw in the newspaper. So the legislature turns over to the Arkansas Economic Development Commission the ability to give tax breaks and write large checks, uh, so as to bring in business. Well, that sounds like a good idea, uh, these legislators say, and, and then they try to impress upon the public. And then the head of the Arkansas Economic Development Commission gets about half of his salary uh, paid by the so-called Arkansas Economic Development Foundation. Who do you think is funding the foundation? That foundation is funded by the Chamber of Commerce types. And so the Chamber of Commerce, a private entity that acts as a spokesman for Walmart and Tyson's, for big business, that tells you, by the way, you must get a vaccine. And then when Alan Clark says, oh, are you going to pay for long-term disability if someone has a problem with the vaccine? And they say, oh, well, you can't. <laughs> no, we're not going to answer that question. Uh, uh, those folks are funding the head of this state agency, the Arkansas Economic Development Commission, meaning not only have we outsourced it to bureaucracy, then the salary for the bureaucrats is outsourced uh, essentially to a private entity. Who do you think's running it? A private entity. For whose benefit? The benefit of private entities. Yeah, see, that, this, is, this is crazy. I mean, uh, I don't know how many elected officials would be willing to, I mean, do we have to change these things through constitutional men, uh, um, amendments, or do we uh, no, get in there and, no. and just change the we rules? Change the law. We just change it with law. You know, there's a special provision in the funding law in Arkansas that allows for this cronyism and corruption where the Chamber of Commerce types are owning by paying for the salary of the chief of the Arkansas Economic Development Commission. That was written into law. And guess what? We, As Bill Cosby once said, to paraphrase, we put it in the law and we can take it out. Yeah, it just, you know, Chris, let me just get you involved in the discussion again. Bottom line is that uh, the people of Arkansas have to understand that 
here we got another, you know, kind of a, a, a bureaucracy that's out there that they have really no control over, so to speak, because the legislature has given these people and the, and even the executive have given these uh, organizations all kinds of power. If they're going to spend money for businesses, that's Arkansans' money. That should be decided. Oh, that should be decided by the legislature about whether we're going to use Arkansans' money to fund some kind of a business deal. That's right. That's right. And what that is, what you're talking about, is the the Congress has the strings to the purse. Right? They they decide who gets to spend the money and what we're going to. And so you see this pattern. Uh, the Roe v. Wade decision, the New York concealed carry decision, this West Virginia versus the EPA um, on the on the coal-fired plants. It's just fantastic. And I think what Rob is talking about right here, it's, it's crony, capital cronyism on its face, corruption by somebody called a foundation. They need to hide behind this foundation. So, for example, if I wanted to give a million bucks to the AEDC Foundation. Do you think I would have any control or power over what Preston does with the money? Sure. You, you, you can't be. You can't look at that and go, "Well, that's that's just that's fair. That's how it works." No, it's crazy. You know, I can I can he- I can hear the argument now uh, from uh, uh, elected representatives. We already have to come in all the time uh, to take care of business. And you know how long it takes, Dave. Do you realize how this would slow everything down? Well, maybe we need to slow everything down so that we see what's being done. What do you think to that, Rob? I, I am never sympathetic to the complaints of people that spend tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, to run for office and then claim we don't have enough time to do the job that we just begged you to put us into. You don't want the job? Don't run for it. You don't like the job? Resign. Yeah, that's... That's kind of how I feel about this. This is why you ran for being a state rep or state senator. You wanted to know what's going on and make make the, the up or down vote on this stuff. I mean, seriously. And then it got to the point, well, people hold me responsible for those votes. Well, of course they do. That's why they elected you to represent them. And if you're not representing them correctly, then it's time for you to go. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back and talk about this some more because it's an infection, and it's at sepsis now as far as I'm concerned. It's at a point that we need to to turn it back, and we're going to need some major doses of antibiotics to get to get it back to where it should be. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry and what they can do for you. Eric Coleman is the owner, over 40 years in business, the man can do the job. He can repair your jewelry. He can design your jewelry. He can uh, show you all kinds of gemstones that he's got. He's got bunches of, uh, you know, what we call free gemstones. You can go in and look, and uh, he's got them sitting in a tray, and you can look at diamonds. You can look at rubies, emeralds, amethysts, um, you know, yellow diamonds, uh, colored diamonds. You name it, he's got them. And then you will pick out what you want to use 
uh, in your, say, your wedding uh, set or your engagement set and make sure that it uh, it looks beautiful and it's one of a kind. Now, he can do all of that. He does all kinds of custom designs. He's got computers and all kinds of stuff that he uses to do that so you can see it step by step and know that it's going to be exactly what you want. Makes makes a, a you know, a, a wax mold of it and you'll be able to see it. Talk to him. You know, stop by and visit. You stop by, Eric. He'll let you into the, into the store, and he'll sit there and just talk to you. And he's. you say, I, I'm, I'm thinking about an engagement ring, or I'm thinking about a wedding ring. He's going to say, well, um, you know, what's your partner saying? And he'll start taking all the information that he's getting from you on your discussion and incorporating it into an idea for a a ring. Just stop by 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E, and uh, here in Little Rock, and, and he'll talk to you about it. If you want to make a, a personal uh, appointment with him, call him at 501-246-3655. That's uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Back with you. We've been uh, talking with Chris Corbett, a practicing attorney out of uh, Conway, who's part of the Dave Ellswick Show every Friday, along with uh, uh, law professor Robert Steinbach from over at the Bowen School of Law. And let me remind you one more time that his opinions are his and his alone do not necessarily reflect what is the school's opinion, nor that of uh, Euler. So keep that in mind as well. All right. So that was... The big uh, decision yesterday, uh, they uh, gave a narrow decision on this whole thing about uh, stay in Mexico doctrine that that Trump had. Uh, And uh, Ken, not Kennedy, but uh, Roberts made made sure that everybody understood that that was a very thin uh, decision that they made on that, saying that you had to go through the courts to make up your mind about what you were going to do about this. You just couldn't willy-nilly make the decision and and move on. The other big decisions that have come here recently, and uh, let's talk about those. We know what happened Friday with the uh, uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey uh, that, that occurred, and we can talk about that in a moment. We've talked about a lot of it in the past. But let, let's talk to one that really did not uh, get a lot of coverage, uh, I believe. And that is the decision by the Supreme Court to say in the state of Maine that if you're going to let the uh, money follow the student to public schools, then you must allow that public money that's being spent on students follow them if they want to go to a private school. That was a huge decision and win uh, for private and, uh, you know, religious schools. Would you both agree with that? And I'll start with you, Robert, on that. A hundred percent, right? Obviously, to the extent now that uh, individuals can take their tax dollars with them to private schools, that makes a huge impact. You know, if you look at your property taxes if you own property by the way you pay property taxes even if you don't it's just mean your rent essentially that's correct but certainly if you own property you see it and if you look at your property taxes the vast majority it's not like 50 percent it's like 80 percent 90 percent of that goes to the school district 
So you're paying thousands of dollars to the school district. And if you decide to send your kids to private school, like Chris did when he lived in Little Rock, incidentally, uh, then you are paying thousands of dollars to a private school. So now if you can take some of that money uh, with you, obviously that allows people to make those choices more easily because the bottom line is literally the bottom line. All right, so let me go over to Chris. And Chris, again, as Robert just said, you were paying uh, both ways, out of the nose. Dave, I was all over this. So I was on the East M Charter uh, Public School Board downtown when it got started. And um, it's a fantastic charter school. 3,000 kids on the waiting list. And um, my daughter, she's 21 now. She went, she went to East M third and fourth grade. My son went there early elementary school. And um, I'll just be honest, Susie hated the drive. There's no, there was no money for busing, right? Right. So if you wanted to go to East M, you, you had, you had to have a uh, the ability of a parent to drive them downtown, fight all the downtown traffic, drop your kids off, and then come back, and then fight the traffic again to go pick them up at 3:15 and come back in that 4 o'clock traffic. So, of course, happy wife, happy life, right? So um, uh, we we, uh, put them in Little Rock Christian. I've got a Ferrari somewhere, the amount of money I spent in Little Rock Christian. There's a Ferrari, maybe two Ferraris (laughs) sitting around. Um, But I just don't have the key. I don't have the keys, man. I make your Ferraris. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, no, they're, was, they're all uh, sleeping in the bedrooms in the back of the house. I met those Ferraris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 10 years, three kids, $15,000 a kid. Um, and um, I battled it because I, I was a product of public schools, Dave. So letting the money travel around with the kid, like that, what that means is where the kid goes, the money goes. Well, so it's, it's him, really school choice. That's the key. That's it, Dave. It's com- It's competition. Guess what? I get to do what I want to do with my money. If your school sucks, I'm going to move. I'm going to take three kids out. That's at the time when I was on the East Ham Charter School Board. It was $6,000 per student. Now it's up to 7000 per student. That would be $21,000 for the year gone if I move my kids. How awesome is that? Yeah, I say, look. I'm I'm excited about this. I really am. The yeah. only, I just I just jumped in because we're running out of time here for this segment. Yeah, we're going to pick this back up when we come yeah. back because it yeah. is major. And well, then I will tell you guys what I'm hearing from the elected officials that have been showing up here on my show over the last few weeks, and we've been talking about the 2023 general assembly, which starts yeah. in six months, and how they're going to address school choice because if you're a superintendent out there and you've been saying no no you can't do this well you've been holding sway for a long time that that fist hold that you've got on on education may be about ready to come to an end we'll talk about it here on the dave elswick show but right now here is bill o'reilly all right so if you've just joined us 
Robert Steinbach is with us, law professor, Bowen School of Law, and uh, he's been uh, offering his thoughts on what the Supreme Court has done uh, during this last session. And then we've been talking to, of course, Chris Corbett as well. He's a practicing attorney. He does a lot of law uh, where he's fighting against uh, the people who are in power and, uh, and what all of this means for you and your freedom. And we're going to come back as soon as I uh, tell you about Pat Davis to talk about school choice, which is, to me, next to, uh, you know, health care insurance uh, and uh, how they need to reform that. One of the biggest subjects coming out of the uh, the Supreme Court uh, this session, they made this big decision about. Uh, the money following the student in Maine that's going to have dramatic effects all across uh, our country. Don't forget about Pat uh, Davis. He wants to save you money on health insurance. Let me just ask this question of you. If you have health insurance, and let's, I'm just going to pick a number uh, out of the air and say uh, $500. You're paying $500 a month for your health insurance. For some of you, that's a lot less than you pay. For others of you, it might be more than you pay. But we'll just use that as our our, our amount that we'll say arbitrarily that you're paying. But you have a deductible of $8,000. In other words, they're telling you until you pay that $8,000, you can't even touch your health insurance. It doesn't do anything for you. And so my question to you is, what good is it then? I mean, basically, all you have is uh, a health insurance policy if something catastrophic happens, that immediately uh, you, you, you pay up that, uh, that deductible. Now the insurance kicks in. Don't do it that way. Save yourself 30 to 50% on your health insurance and talk to Pat Davis and let him show you how you can get rid of those high deductibles, how you can get rid of those copays, how you can, in fact, have the hospital doctor, uh, the uh, urgent care center sending you, you, a check and not to your insurance company or uh, whatever. That's Pat Davis. Call him today, 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935. This is one of the great ways as an individual or as a small business owner that you can save big dollars. Or if, visit him online, too, Your Health Plan Man. One word, Your Health Plan Man. Dot com And I'm telling you, Pat will help you out or one of uh, his his staff can help you out uh, as well. OK, so we have been fighting for years here in uh, Arkansas. In fact, I'll take us back to 2010. And at that time, a, uh, a guy that was in the House uh, State House by the name of Bruce Westerman, who is now Congressman Westerman, down in the 4th District, came up with the idea of, hey, why don't we have the money that we spend on a student be controlled by the parents uh, of that said student and descend and decide where the kid can go to, to, to school and he gets to take that money with him to that school. 
it brings in all kinds of uh, you know free enterprise type uh, situations and competition, and it should make everybody better. But during that time, we have been fought, you know, tooth and nail uh, from uh, the the uh, uh, school administrations by the. Uh, uh, the teachers' unions and all the rest. I mean, when when Bruce came up with that idea, he was called every name in the book except nice guy. I mean, they they demonized him. They made him a pariah, and it, and and the law didn't go anywhere. I had him on a few weeks ago, guys, and I asked him if now that we're hearing so much from legislators that they want to go this way, that uh, did he did he feel like. Uh, now that uh, he, he's got a little rectification on, on his hands, you know, you can say, look, I, I was right, huh? Uh, and he said, yeah, he did, <laughs> to be honest. But now yeah. this, yeah, this has happened in Florida now. Uh, yesterday it was passed in Arizona. <clears throat> There's other states as well that it's been passed. Uh, they're fighting it up in Maine. I saw where the, uh, the governor is going to fight the Supreme Court uh, decision and and the AG as well and the AG is the one who argued it in front of the Supreme Court and they slapped him down and said no can't do it that way if you're going to give it to kids going to public school you got to give it to the kids that are going to private school this is a huge decision for families here in the uh, the state uh, of uh, well, the state uh, the states here in the in the United States and could be for the uh, families here in the state of Arkansas. Uh, let me just get your all's opinion about this. Are are you as fired up as about this as I am, Robert? Absolutely. Uh, I think it's a wonderful development. And here's the thing. I said this when I was running for office. I think we should have public schools. And the way you have public schools, <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize, is that you take the tax dollars and you ensure that a small, the small portion that goes to public school infrastructure remains with the public school, irrespective of where the student goes. In this way, you maintain the infrastructure, but you don't need the teacher and the other support staff for a group of, say, 30 students if those 30 students aren't going to that school. So that's a cost savings uh, to the government that they shouldn't have a windfall when that, those, that group of students are going to private school. And all that money should go with the individual. And this opinion now allows for that. And that's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's major. And Chris, <laughs> what's, what's your thoughts on this? Well, you know, to, to follow up, um, I, I felt like I was paying twice because I was continuing to pay my um, property taxes on all the property. Of I, I was a landlord. And... But I was also paying that, those property taxes, and I was paying for private school. Now, some people say, well, that was your choice. You chose to do that. I did because the public schools were terrible. I didn't feel like they were serving my kids' needs. And um, so now it'll help. I could Now I could potentially, if the legislature gets in the session and makes this happen, I could take that $7,000 per year and – direct that money to a different school, a private school, um, and and guess what? That, in, in the end, means that those public schools better 
better better compete in the marketplace. They better provide things that the parents want and the parents have a choice. You know, we've seen this going on across the country with uh, these school boards fighting parents. Wow, what a what? Where was the political consultant in this when the school boards were shutting down the parents at these school board meetings? Hello, wake up! Yeah, not only shutting them down, but dragging them out by security. Yeah. Exactly. Put, getting exactly. them put under arrest. Had the had the AG's office of the the federal AG's office, the Department of Justice, uh, looking at them as though they were you know brown shirts or something for Adolf Hitler and trying to you know scale the walls around and set set everything on fire, which was not the case. They just wanted some information. That's right. They were they were shutting down. They were not. Matter of fact, I had somebody contact me the other day that said in order to to speak, what is it? Who I think you were maybe so you were telling me this, Dave, to speak in front of the school board, you have to get fifty. You have to get that's in cabinet signatures. That's yeah. why that is the reason why I'm running for school board in cabinet. Yeah, come on, man. You can't have your three minutes. Most of rules out there you get three minutes to talk at a public meeting but they're cut they're shutting down that free speech you have to get 50 signatures to say you're allowed to go and exercise your right to tell the board what you want to do oh man come on yeah i i i wholeheartedly agree on this i've uh, yeah. just to give you guys an idea of some of the people i've been having on my show i've had uh state senators kim hammer alan clark uh, Mark Johnson and, and others, State Representative Wing, State Representative Lundstrom, uh, State uh, Representative uh, Stephen Meeks, and I've I've been talking to them about the upcoming uh, session that will start in January, General Assembly, under a new governor who I believe will be Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and uh, what they thought. Uh, what happened about school choice, and they all, not a one of them, disagreed with me that this idea of the money following the students is going to happen during this coming session. That's just huge. That is such, think about the change that we're talking about here. This is a monumental change. The school superintendents have been able to keep the legislature under their thumbs. It's about to end, I believe. Yeah. And if it, it does, is. it's going to be it great. Is, Dave. And it's going to be beautiful. And look at the string, the string of Supreme Court decisions. I'm still digesting the Biden v. Mexico deal. Right. Um, but they but they smacked that down. But I don't know how I haven't read enough. to. But we've had, Man, that's really the, narrow. I'm going to tell you that. We got Roe v. Wade. Boom. We've got the New York concealed carry handgun, a win for, for, for the Second Amendment. Then we've got uh, uh, the school choice, right, which I which you brought up and I actually forgot. Then we've got prayer on the football field once the public event is over, like the football coach. Yep. He, he can make the prayer on the football field. I, man, this is it's fantastic. We're returning to biblical values, absolute truths, and that's where we need to be headed. All right. Let's get a break, final break this hour. Then when we come back, we're going to talk about religious freedom because what happened to Bob Kennedy shouldn't happen to any coach or teacher uh, in America. You should be able to pray. If you're not coercing anybody, if you're not saying to your team or to your students, hey, join me in prayer, you know, then uh, and, and you just 
you just bow your head and pray and they happen to come up and and take a knee by you there's no reason why you should be told that you can't do it nor should you lose your job that's up next here on the dave ellswick show but right now here's what's happening with the traps so we've got uh, nine minutes left guys here in this hour and then we'll come back at nine o'clock and We'll look at what's going on today and and deal with those issues as they've happened. This last two hours, we've been talking about uh, the uh, Supreme Court wrapped up their session and taking a summer recess now. But they have just unbelievably dropped some major bombshells on the left uh, during this last session. The last uh, case I wanted to talk to you about is uh, Bob Kennedy, who is the uh, football coach there in uh, Washington State. And his school system, because he went out to the 50-yard line after a game, after a game, and would take a knee and thank the Lord for protecting the players and things of that nature. And then some of the players started going out and taking a knee with him as well. And the school system said, you can't coerce kids. Well, he wasn't telling them they had to come he wasn't coercing anybody and then the argument from the left was well he didn't have to coerce them by him just doing it the kid thought that uh, they get a better chance at uh, playing time if they went out and uh, took a knee beside the coach and and it didn't play in front of the uh, supreme court they said he had every right during that time to show his religious beliefs uh, that that he believes in and uh, it's going to be interesting now to see since, you know, he's going to be reinstated. And I got to believe that uh, the school board will be sued and they're going to have to make up on the uh, five or six years of pay that this guy has lost. So Ooh, first, I, I let, hope so. Yeah. Let's go with Chris. Chris, your thoughts on on religious freedom. Oh, I hope so. Well, um uh, Justice Neil Gorsuch, he, he wrote in the majority opinion, both the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protected expressions like Joseph Kennedy's on the football field. And uh, it's a fantastic ruling. It's coming, we're going back to biblical values, absolute truths. And, um, you know, it, it was after the game was over. It was short. It was quick. And um, they, they infringed on that right. Yeah, absolutely. Robert, your thoughts? You know, this case strikes me as analogous to a case that Chris and I have. We are suing um, the government, for lack of a better term, uh, because there's a law in Arkansas that says political candidates can't have a sign bigger than one foot by one foot uh, on their cars if they happen to be on capital grounds. And nobody seemed, when they wrote this law and when the governor signed the law, to consider the fact that there's a First Amendment. And this is what happens. You see this encroachment from folks who are in power uh, saying, well, we're just regulating. You know, we recognize there's a Constitution out there, but we're just regulating, in this case, uh, they were regulating religious behavior. In the case that Chris and I have, they're, tr- they're regulating uh, speech, First Amendment protected behavior. And the fact is that if there weren't people like me and Chris every day fighting for your rights, your rights would continue to be chipped away at. And this is what we, it's a constant struggle. And we finally, in my first time in my lifetime, see a Supreme Court that is starting to agree with that notion. All right. I just think it's a it's a, a huge win again 
for religious freedom. And uh, the left has done everything they can ever since they came onto the scene of political discourse or political screaming, as far as they're concerned, to try to uh, misrepresent the separation of church and state in this country have done everything they can to destroy the church, to destroy people's faith, and to block them out of the public square. You know, they they want them, who was, I think it was Obama who made the statement that everybody had the, 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 the right to uh, go to church on Sunday and uh, have their religious views. But it was as if, as long as you kept them within the walls of the church, that was all right, but if you brought them out into the public sector, uh-uh. And that's not – look, the, 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 the Constitution says you have the freedom of religion, not from religion. Nice. Well, back to – you know, you quoted John Adams at the beginning of the show, and John Adams said, uh, liberty, once lost, is lost forever. So this is stuff that Rob and I are fighting for. And um, if the government takes it, it's a whole lot harder to get it back. And it's... You lose a, you lose the right. It'll take for just about ever to get it back, and that's that's kind of where we are in America, guys. They've we've let them water down the Constitution. We've let them teach people the g- direct opposite of what the Constitution teaches uh, for them, and then the rights that the that the government there is to protect their rights, not to give them their rights. And and this was a a big step in the right direction of showing them what the uh, government is supposed to do. Robert, you want to jump in on it? Sure. Well, that's exactly right. <clears throat> the The problem that we've had historically is that the courts are ultimately a government entity and they defer to the government. And the whole point of having a court system is that they're supposed to be independent. The image of <clears throat> Lady Justice standing with a blindfold on holding two balance scales or a balance scale is that it doesn't matter who goes before the court you get impartial justice but the reality is exactly the opposite that is that blindfold is lifted and lady justice is peaking and if you're the government she gives you a couple of extra tokens on your side of that balance scale and there are built into the legal system you want to talk about systemic bias the systemic bias isn't against minorities the systemic bias is against citizens in favor of government that's what needs to be fixed all right (laughs) we got to take a break we'll be back 10 at nine o'clock after uh, the next uh, show talks about your money we'll come back i want robert to talk about the pulaski republican committee they had a big meeting last night and had a ton of people show up and uh, have him uh, describe what that was all about and then uh, i'll take a look and see what the big stories are that are going on right now and we'll talk about them when we return here on the dave ellswick show 1011 fm the answer we don't get to talk to you at nine o'clock have a great fourth of july
All right, back with you for one last hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show until 10 o'clock. Robert Steinbach is back with us again. He's a law professor at uh, UALR Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect those of the school uh, of law nor the school that uh, it belongs to. And also with us, Chris Corbett is with us, lawyer out of uh, Conway. He's with us as well. Before we get into uh, some of the other topics that I had for us to talk about, I, I want to turn my attention to Robert, and he was at the Pulaski Republican uh, Party meeting last night. And, Robert, there was a bunch of people there. What was going on? Indeed, there was a very big turnout uh, because folks want to get involved, and they the, the, the current leadership, in fact, said, you know, bring your friends, bring folks down. We want to see people involved, and so that happened. Uh, and we had a really big turnout, and it was a little slow. Uh, that's not a complaint, but that's, you know, a byproduct of having, uh, I think, o- over 120 people there. Wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, I was there till uh, almost midnight. That's why I was late on, on the show this morning, in fact, as I texted you last night when I got in. And uh, we got through one vote um well, actually, more than one vote, but one major vote uh, to appoint the delegates to the convention, I think. Uh, and at that point, I left, although I think that the meeting had to end at midnight in any event. So I didn't leave that early, but I, I had enough, frankly. Uh, but it was really an interesting development uh, because I, it was quite unusual to have that many uh, folks and new folks show up, want to get involved. People are upset at what's going on in politics generally. Uh, people are upset when the chamber candidates buy their office seats effectively uh, rather than having the true conservatives getting elected. And, uh, and, we're start- and we are more than starting to see that uh, being pushed back against. Uh, I wish, of course, we would have had more success even in this last election. Uh, but I think we are moving in the right direction, albeit slowly, of course, we got uh, John Payton uh, to win the primary against uh, the chamber-type candidate, Sturch. Uh, and we, uh, Lance Eads uh, retired already uh, from the Senate. Um, and uh, I, I have spoken before about the fact that I think uh, Jane English uh, needs to be replaced. She was at the meeting last night, incidentally. And good for her for showing up because uh, she and Mark Johnson – uh, I think we're the only elected officials there. All of your other elected officials didn't think it was important enough to show up, but then they wanted to be on the ballot, I gather, and some folks had made nominations. Well, all the elected officials should automatically go through. You mean the ones that didn't show up? Uh, no. I call it democracy, and here's the thing. If they want to be there, if they want to be on the ballot, or if they want to win the ballot, they can be on the ballot. They should show up. Uh, and I don't know who won, because I left before they finished counting the vote. Uh, but the fact is that I'm not voting for folks who don't show up. I'm tired of these uh, um, elected officials and others thinking they have a sense of entitlement. They have no sense of they have no entitlement. They have a sense of it, but they have no actual entitlement. Uh, and if they want to get the vote of me and the the, pop, the the population at large, well, they better show up. It's interesting. I had somebody uh, zip me some pictures and i could see that you guys had a packed house last night and one of the things that they they did and uh, let me just ask uh, 
Here's what it says. In the past, Republicans elected officials used to have a reserve seat at the state convention in July, but the mm-hmm. Pulaski County Committee felt like those officials should have to run for those seats just like everyone else in the county committee, and they voted unanimously for that. There were 71 delegate seats from the Pulaski County Committee to the state convention to be filled, and there were more delegate candidates than there were seats, so they had to go through the long nomination process, and then 95 members voted to fill those 71 delegate seats. That's pretty interesting. That's not happened in the past. No, no. Uh, Yeah, it was very interesting. So we'll uh, see what happens. So I guess what they're hoping is that by being voted to those seats, they'll go along more readily uh, with what uh, the people who attend the Pulaski Republican County uh, uh, Committee uh, meet uh, at their meetings and take that with them to the state convention, which happens. When is that? Is that later this month? I don't know when it is. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's going to come up, and that should be interesting. I've been at those state committees, and things are brought up and they're voted on to you know to see what's going to be on the platform and things of that nature. So uh, some of these people that are getting uh, voted onto these seats, perhaps they'll bring some stuff up, and uh, we'll get some interesting uh, suggestions for the Republican Party of Arkansas. Do you think that that's what it is? These people just want a bigger voice. I think they want a voice. It's not even a bigger voice. I don't think they have a voice. Okay. So they want to be heard. And this is the problem. When you get these crony elected officials uh, who are are not representing the interests of the people, but they're representing their own interests, eventually people will uh, get wind of it, and they will act through the democratic process uh, to restore their voice. It's going to be interesting. It really is. This is, but this is, but what we've been preaching for the last few years that right. if you want to stay, uh, say you got to get involved, and now they're getting involved. How do how how does the uh, the typical Republicans seem to be reacting to this? Are are they excited about it? Are they a little bit you know worried about it? Well, who's the typical Republican? You mean the ones uh, like the those the ones that have been calling the shots for the last few years? Yeah. Oh, they weren't happy. You could see it at the meeting; they weren't happy. Uh, some somebody got up there, and uh, there there's this list of folks uh, that I'm that I know some of them, and they they said, "Hey, here's the people we think uh, should fill those 71 spots." So they were handing out to people they thought were friendly, and I got a copy of it. And I said, fine, I'll take a look at the list. And I thought most, if not all, I don't remember, of the folks were good. And so I voted for, for those that I thought were good. And so at first, someone gets up and says, I want to nominate some people. And he starts reading off the list. And one of the more establishment, well, you can't read off a list. Uh, and as opposed to what, right? Like, you know, and so uh, they called me up and they, as an attorney. Right. Um, I said, look, I'm not an election attorney. So I said to the person who was objecting, well, what do you want to do? It's kind of uh, aggressive. Well, you can't do it that way. I said, okay, I got that you believe you can't do it that way. What's the way to do it then? You know, so I put it back on her. I just asked them, well, you got to have people line up and each person says a name. I said, okay. And then as I was saying, okay, 50 people lined up. And then they had the list, 
and they and they and we would cross the name off. The, oh, you, number five, cross it off. Uh, and the next person walk up and look at the list. What's the next person? Number six. Okay, and they would read off number six. So they did it that way. There's no difference, but the point was that this person was trying to make a big stand. You can't do it that way. And rather than getting in an argument, I think she thought I was going to argue. <clears throat> excuse me, with her. You know, gosh knows, Dave, I've never gotten an argument. No, never. Um, so I think she thought I was going to argue with her. I, I had no intention to argue with her. I said, tell me how you want to do it. And she said, well, have people line up? I said, well, done. And we had people line up, and we did it that way. Well, I guess what? You go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. No, Josh, Dave. So we got all those names on the ballot, plus another 25 or so. And then we had an election. And then somebody else tried to make an objection, uh, right, sort of a last-minute, 11th-hour objection. And I said, look, if you, if you all want to be known as scuttling the boat, then uh, um, go ahead, continue to do what you're doing. I said that publicly, you know, in, at the meeting. And then a minute later, that person withdrew his objection. That's why I'm not mentioning who it is, because he withdrew the objection. Um, but uh, but it, because a lot of these actions, they want to do it behind the scenes. And I said, look, if you, if you, if, you know, 11 o'clock at night want to scuttle the boat, um, the public's going to know who the people were involved in scuttling the vote. And then they withdrew their objection. Interesting. Interesting. <clears throat> you know, again, the people who go to the convention that sit in those seats are the ones who vote on, uh, you know, does this amendment make it to uh, the platform and things of that yeah. nature. So yeah. uh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that there's people out there that are paying attention and want to be a part of the party that way that's that's what we've been pushing for i would sure hope that every well i guess maybe some people aren't maybe some people would rather behind closed doors they said we got 71 seats who do we fill them with you know right because that's what that's the way it's kind of been done in the past that's right that's right right. so uh, i think this is a, a, a very positive development and uh, there, there'll be some growing pains, but it needs to be a democratic process. Nobody's guaranteed a seat. We're guaranteed a seat? What is this, the Politburo? <laughs> the folks in the Soviet Politburo were guaranteed seats. In America, we don't guarantee seats. That's not democracy. No, the, the majority so, picks the people who they want in those seats. That's exactly right. That's the way it's supposed people, to work. When, when the folks wanted, when a certain handful of folks wanted to guarantee the seats, there were some folks so incredulous they actually didn't even understand what the claim or request that was being made. They said, "Wait, what? You want to <laughs> you want a separate vote for these handful of people before we do the vote on all seventy-one, so that the handful get priority and the first group." The, the the people in favor of it, the person in favor, said, "Yeah, well, we've always done it that way." You know, if your best argument is that. What you're seeking is that you've sought it successfully before, then you ain't got much of an argument, right? Now, it just seems like you want to vote on each member. That's what you want to do. You don't want to just say, do you accept these people as the ones that should have these 71 seats? Uh, All in favor say aye. All those opposed say nay. You don't want to do it that way. You want to just go down the line and vote. That yeah, just makes sense. Indeed. We, and we didn't do the Dave, former that you described. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Well, that's why it's so important. You're right on it. It's There's two things that are happening. One, you're going to elect these uh, members that go and vote on the Republican Party platform. And then two, there's some machinations going on 
to call out these Republicans that aren't following the platform because they take a pledge to support the platform. That's correct. Limited government. And so that's what's going on right now in these local county meetings. And they're going to send people to the state convention that's not just going to puppet some of these cronies. Well, that that's exactly why Sturch lost his primary, because he was not following the Republican platform. 100%. I mean, look, Sturge was, was uh, in the pocket of these folks that um, are, are big, um, uh, big education and, and related um, folks who are not interested in the desire and the will of the people. And he finally got caught, called to the carpet on it. Yeah, well, he was he was going in and killing killing good uh, legislation in the committees. I mean, everybody yeah. knows. I always say committees are where legislation goes to die, and that's exactly what they try to do. They don't like to get it out into the well of the Senate where they're going to vote on it because they don't have much control over that. And that, that that causes problems. All right, 19, 20 minutes after 9. Let's take a break. Uh, enough of that. It just was a, a very interesting thing that ha- that happened. I think it's a positive thing that happened. It opens up uh, the, the Republican Party to more grassroots type of uh, uh, input. And that's not a bad thing. That that says how much our, we are becoming a very big tent type of uh of uh, of party uh we're moving away from it the democrats and i'll explain this to you are moving away from having a big party to having a you know soiree kind of party i'll tell you about that in aoc in just a moment don't forget about east end towing and what they're up to uh they want you to know look we belong to the tow and recovery board here in arkansas we're licensed we're insured our whole tow, tow operation all of our trucks are permitted and we know about property, uh, private property tows. We know about uh, what happens uh, and and how to tow a car, how to tow a boat, how to tow a, a camper if necessary. So no matter what situation you're finding yourself on the highway, East End Towing can handle it. Call them at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. All right, so here's what's been happening. The left has been pointing their finger at us for a long time, the Republicans and our conservative brethren uh, as we all gather together and fight a lot of the things that are going on in our country and saying, you know, your all's tent is only for white people. That's the only people that are under your tent. Black people aren't invited. Hispanic people aren't invited and on and on and on and yet those type of people are in the republican party well let's understand that in the democrat party they do the exact same thing they're not this all-encompassing party that says no matter what you believe come be a part of the democrats uh AOC sounded off on the Supreme Court ruling, uh, dealing uh, the Dobbs ruling, dealing with uh, you know curtailing Roe v. Wade and and Casey, and made this statement: If you live in a blue area, when people say go vote, 
that uh, that should include primary elections, too. That's what she said to her followers. Okay, I agree with that. That's what I tell you all the time. You need to get into the primaries because that's where the candidates are decided. Because here's what she went on to say further. Because the thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about is the fact that not every Democrat is pro-choice. Okay, so the ones that aren't, well, let's reassess those folks if it's appropriate for them to continue to serve in 2022 because people should have the right to control their own body. That's pretty basic. So what's AOC saying? If you're pro-life, you're not you shouldn't be welcome in the Democrat Party. I mean, I'm just bringing this up because I want everybody to understand that the left points the finger at us about being, uh, you know, we don't let everybody in. And what all they're doing is projecting the exact same thoughts they have dealing with, for instance, abortion. Chris, go ahead. Well, yeah, AOC, AOC's got just crazy views out there. And um, the type, the stuff she's promoting is division. You know, she's like divide, and I, I I can't even watch her for inside of five or ten seconds, and I have to shut it off. But I want to know what she's saying because it appeals to some people, and you've got to counter it with logic, biblical truths, and that's what we see coming out of the Supreme Court right now to counter some of this wacko stuff that's tearing the fabric of the country apart. Yeah, well, I've I've always I've always said, and and Robert, I'll, you know, I think you agree with me. If the left is is uh, saying that we're the ones who do it, they're projecting what they're already doing. Often is the case, not always, perhaps, but often is the case. Uh, they do a lot of projecting. They do a lot of name calling, right? The, the, because the left has been successful at it. The, the sort of establishment Republican types uh, ran for cover uh, whenever they were falsely called racists or other ists, as we've discussed many times on your show, uh, because they were cowards. And the left knew to use that tactic whenever they wanted to, and they did so. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, and then the new Republicans, the conservative Republicans, uh, stepped up to the plate uh, and said, uh, I don't care what names you call me. Uh, and, of course, if the, if the name calling was accurate, that person had to deal with that accurate claim. But the accurate claim, therefore, needs a factual basis. And most of the left never had any factual basis uh, for their claims. They just did name calling. And the conservatives, the new conservatives, uh, stepped up and said, bring it on. What you got? Oh, really? Nothing? <laughs> we got a bunch of hot air? Well, y- y- I can tell you where that hot air belongs, and it ain't blowing in my face. You can blow it somewhere else, but not in my face. Uh, And so uh, that's uh, what we have to be vigilant on, and that is to defend our beliefs uh, in the face of leftist resistance. Much like I always say on your show, Dave, the First Amendment is designed not to protect greeting cards and nursery rhymes because nobody objects to those. And if you are involved in the democratic process, uh, guess what? That's a combat sport, so to speak. I don't mean that literally. There shouldn't be any fighting involved, physical fighting. But it's a combat sport in the sense that you better be tough enough of fortitude to be able to take uh, both attacks on your position – 
those are legitimate, by the way, meaning you have to respond to those, and attacks on your person, again, through words, not through physical violence, of course, uh, because the latter is the last refuge of the ignorant uh, and the left. All right. I I got to jump in. We'll come back, continue the conversation after the news. 20% chance of a thunderstorm, huh? Sounds like uh, Arkansas during the summer, doesn't it? You know, it can pop up any given time. All right. Robert Steinbach is a Part of the show today, he is a law professor over at uh, the Bowen School of Law, uh, belongs to UALR, and let me remind you, his, his opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily those of the school or the university to which they belong. <coughs> also with us is uh, Chris Corbett. He is a practicing attorney out of the uh, Conway area, fifth-generation Arkansan, has lived here all of his life, and uh, we're going to have both of these gentlemen on until the top of the hour when we'll wrap it up for this week on the Dave Ellswick Show. And want to remind everybody, it's just uh, three, day, uh, just four days next week because I'm off on Monday on the 4th of July. I'll be celebrating the nation's birthday just like you will, and uh, hopefully you're going to have a good time. I was just thinking, I think I'm pull out my uh, special grill and I'm going to make some baby back ribs uh, for me and the wife. Nice. Uh, that's I love baby back ribs. They're so good. And this uh, device that I have that makes them, uh, they are so, so uh, tender. They just fall right off the bone. So I look forward to, to doing that. Uh, let's go back and talk a little bit more about the Dobbs case. There's a couple of things that have come up here uh, recently. I'd like to hear what both of you have to say. I sent you this story uh, during the break, and this deals with uh, State Senator Jason Rapert and the group that he uh, uh, is the president of, the National Association of Christian Lawmakers, and they're working on legislation that would ban people crossing state lines for abortion. So let me uh, get to the story here, bring everybody up to date, and then I want to get your all's uh, uh, thoughts on it. State Senator Jason Rapert, among a group of lawmakers who are moving forward with the intent to pass laws that would stop people from crossing state lines to get abortions. I'm getting the information on this from the Washington Post and from THV11's website. The latest plan to further restrict abortions following the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the U.S. Supreme Court has gained momentum among anti-abortion groups that, according to the Post, Uh, One of those groups is the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. It's led by Rapert and other Republican lawmakers from across the land. The group is working on legislation that would ban people from crossing state lines in order to get an abortion. Rapert told the Post he may present this legislation uh, during a special session that is planned uh, in Arkansas later this year. And a quote from him in the paper, uh, many of us have supported legislation to stop human trafficking, Rapert said. So why is there a pass on people trafficking women in order to make money off of aborting uh, their babies? Now, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, in the uh, concurring opinion on the overturn of Roe v. Wade, 
Notice that laws that ban people from traveling for abortions would likely fail based on the constitutional right to interstate travel. Uh, with this in mind, guys, let's let's get your take on it. Robert, you're the, the law professor. You get to talk about this first. Ha, lucky me. <laughs> well, that's indeed the question. Uh, the question is uh, whether there is a constitutional provision that prevents a state from enacting such a prohibition on uh, extra state, outside of the state, travel to get an abortion. Uh, and the courts have never addressed this specific issue as such. A- and so there is a constitutional right to interstate travel. Uh, and based on the Interstate Commerce Clause, I believe. And so the question is uh, whether any individual state has such a compelling interest uh, so as to offset the travel. Now, travel is not necessarily the same thing as, indeed it isn't, right, as having an abortion out of state. And the courts historically have looked at how compelling an interest there is for the state to regulate this behavior even outside of state lines. Uh, And that will be the tension. Uh, Certainly the conservatives have a fair argument, a good argument that they can make. But I can't tell you whether it will be a winning argument because this is an issue that has yet to be decided by the Supreme Court. All right. Chris, your thoughts. Yeah, there's no way you can make a, a state law that is going to prevent someone from traveling out of state to do something. Let, I mean, just back that out and say, well, I, I can't go out of state to uh, buy marijuana in Colorado. Um, marijuana is only medically allowed here in the state of Arkansas, but it's recreational in Colorado. So. I don't know where Jason Raper's going with this, but um, it sounds he's tripped before he's gotten started here. It's not going to work legally, in okay. my opinion. Okay, yeah, I, I think that this is a little bit on thin ice uh, for the courts. I don't think that they're going to stop people from traveling if they if they want an abortion. Now, let me move into another area where it's going to be an interesting area for the law to decide. We had a, a, a trigger that if the federal government said that uh, abortion went back to the states, that here in Arkansas, abortion would become illegal. Now, illegal for an abortion, is does that mean just in the hospital? Because there's pills now that you can take uh, that uh, will facilitate an abortion for a woman. What about them? Can the state say, look, you can't sell those pills here in the state, which means that you can't send them through the mail to people who want to buy them from the state? Where does, where does this all come down at? Let, let's start this one with, uh, with you, Chris. Well, that, you know, that's, that, that's a directly analogous to um, traveling to colorado to get recreational marijuana um so theoretically what you're saying is could a could a young lady travel out of state to get the pill and come back i i think she could um but the pill but but let me just ask this question when she would come back into the state of arkansas 
the yeah. pill, though it was legal in Colorado, is not legal when she crosses the state line into Arkansas. There you go. So listen. So yeah. So that that gets a little um, that gets a little sticky, right? So the the way I understand the law, it's it's made it criminal to provide abortion services. Um, uh, my daughter asked me a good question just out of the blue. She said, "Hey, Chris or Dad, well, I, I'm a female. Um, is this law not discriminatory?" And I I just said, "What do you mean?" She says, "Well, what if I passed a law that said." Um, a uh, Asian man from Australia that was um, transgender. Could they not? Could don't could you only outlaw murder for that person? So you, I know it's kind of a crazy deal, but I'm trying to implicate is is an abortion law that criminalizes criminalizes a female only discriminatory on its face. Well, in our case, the the abortion law is against the provider, which applies equally to male, female, aliens, whatever. If you're providing the law, providing the abortion, you can't do it anymore. But can you make it criminal for the person that is actually getting the abortion? It's going to get sticky, uh, Dave, and you're, as usual, you're right on point with everything. So your question about whether or not they could go get an illegal substance uh, from Colorado or wherever, and bring it back into the state and use it recreationally. The answer is no. That's going to be criminal. So if I if I went out and got recreational marijuana or an abortion pill and brought it back into the state and used it, it essentially that would be criminally. It could be prosecuted criminally. All right. And now that throws another hook in it. Will these prosecutors? actually prosecute. People think the judge is in control. No, the judge isn't in control. As the prosecutor, that they've got the key to the gate to get to the judge. They can say, I ain't prosecuting this case. All right. Okay, with those thoughts in mind, let's turn it over to uh, Robert. Your thoughts, Mr. Uh, law Professor. <laughs> well, uh, of course, the government can restrict what comes into the state uh, via mail or other means. So the, the government certainly can prohibit uh, um, the importation of the abortion pill. Uh, and uh, that's your initial question was whether they can restrict that, uh, not about travel. And so, yes, they can restrict that. Okay. So I think this is interesting because uh, there's still some issues that have to be decided. And Chris, you're right. If somebody brought an abortion brought abortion pills back from right. the uh, from a state where they're legal, used them while they were here in the state, I would think a prosecutor could bring uh, legal proceedings against them. And here's the other thing: what if they sell it to another person to use it? They could be prosecuted for that, could they not? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that yes. I think you're right on it, Dave. Yes. Yeah, that's I just think there's some there's some legalities that are still going to have to be uh, ironed out on this. But I do believe this. The part with the pill, I think that is easier to rectify than saying that you can't travel out of state to do it. Would you agree with that, uh, Robert? Sure, because Traveling out of state implicates the 
constitutional right to travel. Importing a product that the state has decided should be illegal is perfectly within the control of the state. Uh, There is no interstate commerce consideration there at all. All right. Let's take a break. We come back. I got another question for you all. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make this statement, Robert. Chris is going to get fired up about the next thing we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about California and this guy who led all of these uh, thousands of people that own concealed carries. They, they put their information out, and everybody knows now who's got a gun and who doesn't. This happened in the state. A few years back, you remember Arkansas Times just happened, and they uh, they posted uh, concealed carry holders. We'll come back talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show on uh, 1011 FM. The answer. This is really going to be up both of your alleys. This last question. I don't know if you're aware of what went down on Monday in California, but the Riverside County Sheriff's Department says it is, quote, demanding a detailed and thorough investigation, unquote, of California's Department of Justice following a data leak that exposed names and personal information of citizens who applied for concealed and carry weapons permits. The leak, which happened Monday as the state's Justice Department was updating its firearms dashboard portal, affected anyone who applied for such a permit in Riverside County between the years of 2011 and 2021, police say. Quote, this public portal was supposed to only allow access to limited information. However, names, addresses, birth dates, and other personal information of CCW applicants and permit holders were somehow also released, the Sheriff's Department said in a statement. The information was available on the portal for less than 24 hours before DOJ was notified of the data breach, but enough time for the information to be copied and posted on the Internet for others to see it at it. So, as a result... The Riverside County Sheriff's Department says it's detailing, uh, demanding a detailed and thorough investigation of the DOJ to determine the cause and reason this information was publicly released. The safety and security of our community members is our highest priority, and we are committed to holding the Department of Justice accountable by demanding reassurance and a prevention plan that our citizens will not be endangered by future criminal or negligent data leaks. And then that brings up uh, a question here. Do the people whose information that was supposed to be kept secret was uh, put out on the Internet for less than 24 hours, but enough time for somebody to, to download it in different ways? Chris, can you sue the government? Man, that's a good question. Um, I love suing the government, but can you sue them? Yes. <laughs> uh, but you know, they've got sovereign immunity. You can't sue the king in his court. Um, you know, if it's ah, man, that's a that's a tough question. They're going to have a they're going to have a tough time doing that, um, and they're going to be fighting one of the largest you know law firms in the state, the attorney general's office. So they'll be un- they'll be unsuccessful, but um, it's unfortunate that that's happened. But release of information like that to the public once it's out there, man, it's always out there. 
Yeah, maybe, uh, just maybe, they could get some people fired, though, right? Yeah, well, you might. Now, could you go after the guy personally? That's where you. That's where your maybe your jackpot is. Your your bowl of your bowl of gold there. Your pot of gold is to don't go after the government. Go after the guy individually um, for exposing something that's supposed to be private. Uh, hold up, let me think about that. Cause of action on that would be uh, um, intimidation or harassment, maybe. But <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. All right, bring well, up an excellent question, Dave. Let's uh, let's go over to to Robert. Unbelievable, this kind of a data breach, uh, Robert, and uh, it it tells everybody that when the federal government, or in this case, the state government, collects everybody's name and personal. Uh, information it may not be as protected as everybody thinks and this gives me a, a real big argument of why we don't need a, a federal data uh, collection of every gun owner in America indeed right this is the whole point when, when the left says we need to keep a list and the government needs to keep a list uh, the problem is that these lists aren't necessarily secure. Now, there are people like Chris Corbett who's filed three lawsuits uh, so that he can carry a gun in the uh, city hall, in the um, uh, at the shooting range. Yes, at the shooting range, uh, and in the courthouse, uh, based on the fact that he is an officer of the court and has an enhanced carry license. So we know about his. A carry status, uh, but there are many and plenty of folks who simply don't like to discuss that matter in public, particularly given some of the reactions of the left. Uh, and the danger is, if all of this data is kept by the government, uh, we have seen uh, time and time again where the government is not good at keeping data restricted. All right. I mean, I just want people to know that this happened. I mean, I, do you remember when it happened with the Arkansas Times? I don't remember the other times, but I I remember that, I'll give you another analogy, Uh, I got a document mm, recently, uh, and then uh, from from the government uh, body, uh, and then someone else said, oh, well, you're not allowed to share that document, because that document, that's an evaluation record, and under the Arkansas FOIA, an evaluation record is exempt from being produced by the government agency. And my response was, well, then you're beefing with me, uh, meaning I don't necessarily agree with your interpretation, but why are you telling me? I didn't give the document to me. The government agency gave the document to me. So if you have a beef with the, uh, the, that record being turned over to the public, me being a member of the public, don't complain to the public. Complain to the government and have them figure it out. Same thing we have, uh, Chris and I are representing this controversial blogger, Russ Raycop, on First Amendment grounds, and one of the complaints by a City of Little Rock employee is Russ Raycop makes a FOIA request of this employee, who's the FOIA person, and he actually says, I want to FOIA your records, your personnel records. Personnel records are not exempt, only evaluation records. And so she turns over her own personnel records, from the government, not from her personal stash, so to speak. And she herself fails to redact her own social security number. And so Russ posts the document, Russ Raycop, this blogger, but he does blur it out. And then she says, you didn't blur it out enough. Didn't blur it out enough. He didn't have to blur it out at all. Mm -hmm. He's not the one that turned it over. You, the government, 
you turned it over. Now it's in the public. He was kind enough to blur it out. If you don't like how much he blurred it out, well, you shouldn't have turned it over. So that's a kind of uh, funny behavior that we see from the government where they claim some things are, are kept in secret, but then they turn it over, and that's the result. All right. Well, you guys have a great 4th of July. 85% of Americans celebrate the 4th of July. That's that's a good number. It really should be 100%, but I'll, I'll say that 85% is on the good side of that. And I know, Chris, you're going to be uh, somewhere else uh, doing some barbecuing. You're going to be burning meat. I appreciate you, my fr- my friend. You have you have a great Fourth of July. All right, right on. And the same thing to Robert. You celebrating the Fourth? I know you're hanging out at your house. Well, you're gonna you're gonna make right. a, a hamburger for yourself. Uh, I celebrate uh, America's independence every single day and twice on the fourth. All right. Thank you very much, Robert. We'll see you guys again next week. We appreciate you joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. That wraps it up for this week. I'll talk to you when I get back from the 4th of July on Tuesday, 6 a.m. right here, 1011 FM, The Answer. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.